Thank you for your presence today. When we think of anatomy, we think of complexities and structure of the human body, plants and animals. However, we walk by faith and not by sight. And as our faith grows, we progressively see things from a spiritual perspective. God has given man the ability to marvel at the miracles of his countless creations, including the most important miracle of all, the anatomy of the Lord's church. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander walks us through the amazing wonders of God's handiwork. Prayers of supplication, prayers of supplication and petition. Wow. This is to earnestly make a specific request of God. This is to earnestly make a specific request of God. Prayers of supplication and petition. Uh, I'm going to go to a strange scripture, one that you probably haven't even read lately, to look at specific requests. Specific requests. I want you to turn your Bibles. You go, it's exciting to go to the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament is just as inspired as the New Testament. Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. If you can get there fast, I know it might take you a while. Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 through 16, verse 21, verses 26 and 27. Now, you need to read the whole 24th chapter, but for sake of time, the chapter's so long, I can't read every verse. You know, time won't permit. But you read the whole 24th chapter, and you'll get real excited about it. But let, allow me to read Genesis 24, 12 through 16, verse 21, and verses 26 and 27. And let's look at the specific request of uh, Abraham's servant. Verse 12. Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham. This is Abraham's servant praying. He was challenged with going to seek out a wife for Isaac. So he says, then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham. Look at the specific. Here's one underline this. Make me successful today. That's a specific prayer request. Make me successful today. That's specific. Here's another one, linked by conjunction and. Show kindness to my master, Abraham. That's another specific request. Look at this. This is exciting. Verse 13. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a a young woman, please let down your jaw that I may that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant, Isaac. Now you can't get that. You can't get any specific than that. Wow. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. He's a faithful servant to uh, to Abraham. Verse 15, before he had finished praying, look how quick God moved. Now, God don't always move this quick. Sometimes he tests us. Sometimes he makes us wait. But but then sometimes he gives us a quick answer. And on this occasion, uh, Abraham's servant got a quick answer. Before he had finished praying, Rebecca came out with her jaw on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. Verse 16, the woman was very beautiful. Ooh, I tell you, that's why it pays to pray. You know, God didn't, God didn't, give, God didn't give Isaac an ugly wife. He got him a beautiful. She was very beautiful. 
Look here. Man, when you pray, God give a virgin. No man had slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jaw, and came up again. Verse 21, without saying a word. You know, sometimes you can't, you can't see God answer prayer. You talk too much. You got to get quiet to see how God is working. Without saying a word. Now, that's hard for, that's too, that's hard for some of y'all. You can't go anytime without saying a word. You always got to get a word in. You know, without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. He kept quiet before the Lord. Verse 26, then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord. Verse 27 saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. What an account. Look, about this passage, when God answered the specific prayer requests of Abraham's servant, Abraham's servant gave thanks and worshiped the God of Abraham. He prayed specifically. Some of you come before God so vaguely. You know, you all over the place. And then you get frustrated because your prayers are not answered, but your prayers didn't have any kind of specificity. It was not specific. It was not direct. Sometimes people pray long, but they just ramble. And I don't see him. He's not even praying long, but he's praying effective. He's praying depending on God. And he's praying specifically. And he acknowledged God in the process. He didn't he, he was praying in humility, knowing that he couldn't come back with the right woman. If a woman at all had he not prayed, he didn't want to mess up this whole matter. He wanted to get it right. He didn't want to bring the wrong woman back to to Abraham and most of all Isaac, the son of Abraham through whom the Messiah would eventually come. Let's transition again. Why must prayer be priority in the church? And then we'll be done. Why must prayer be priority in the church? Well, prayer must be priority because prayer strengthens us. Some folk are so weak, they can't take anything. The least little thing, they fall to pieces. They're weak. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, Ephesians 6.10, prayer strengthens us. Prayer, Prayer cleanses us from sin. It keeps us clean before God. Prayer cultivates intimacy with Christ. Prayer draws us into God, draws us near the Savior. You know, this, in this pandemic, is no time to be distant from God, separated from God. You need to be, you, we need to be as close to God as we could be. Prayer's priority because it gives us wisdom. Asking God for wisdom. We have to have wisdom, where to go, where not to go, what to do, what not to do, with our children, with our grandchildren, with life, with our jobs, with our decisions, with our career, with our medical condition. 
prayer must be priority because it gives us divine guidance. That's coupled with wisdom. Prayer increases our faith. You, you believe God for great things. You start praying these little tiny prayers. Uh, you know, uh, Lord, put some salt in the salt shaker. Come on. Come on. I mean, your, your prayers ought to go bigger than that. You know, Pray, believe God for big things. Believe God for big things about your children. And what's a challenge to your children? You ought to be believing God for a breakthrough. Whatever those issues are, you ought to be praying. If you don't see a thing, you ought to be believing God even when you see nothing. You ought to be saying, Lord, I don't see nothing with my husband. I don't see nothing with my wife. I don't see nothing with my in-law. I don't see nothing with whomever. You Believe God when you don't see nothing. Ask him to increase your faith. You got to believe God through this crisis. You'll fall to pieces. Increase your faith. You know, not live in fear, not live in worry. You know what prayer does? Prayer aligns our will with God's will. It keeps our will aligned with the will of God and the word of God. The word of God keeps us in the will of God through the prayers of God. You know what prayer does? Prayer develops a healthy mind and provides mental stability and clarity. Prayer develops a healthy mind and provides mental stability and clarity. I've never seen so many crazy folk. I really, this America's turned upside down. When I hear folk thinking, and when I see what folk are standing for, and when I hear folk, what folk are saying and doing, and then justify themselves, I say, huh? Where did that come from? It came from the enemy. The devil is, is, is of confusion. You know, and some of you have allowed the media and influential people to confuse your mind and you have become mentally unstable because your, the word is not in your mind, not enough of it to even balance your thinking, to recalibrate spiritually your thinking. I mean, this is, a, this is listen, for folk who are shut in and for folk who have underlying motives and all these kinds of things, if you are at home, uh, and rightfully so, you ought to be at home if conditions are of such. But you have to guard your mind. Make sure your mind is stable. Make sure your mind have clarity out there. Don't let your mind go on the blink. You need a stable mind, a steadfast mind, a healthy mind. I mean, God made us to be productive. You find something productive to do. If you shut in, be shut in productively in that house for God, for the sake of your family. God made us to be productive. You can't sit and watch TV all day and stay, and stay in the cell phone all day and expect your mind to have clarity. Clarity. You got to guard what you think. Don't let the news media... Warp your mind. So many suicidal children, teenagers, preteens, adults, suicidal tendencies, suicidal thoughts are at an epidemic proportion. Proportion. Listen, you can live the most victorious life in the midst of this pandemic if you choose to. It's up to you. Did you hear what I just said? You can live a victorious Christian life 
to the glory of God if you choose to. You say, well, the virus and this and that, the numbers and the spikes and this and that. Get your mind off of that and put your mind in the word and God will elevate your thinking and you can live in victory. Stop living by the stats. Those stats and things are all over the place. Have you been all out of shape? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, says Hebrews. I'm going to say it again. The prayers of the saints, when you are praying, it keeps your mind healthy. It provides mental stability. You're not moaning and groaning. You're not all discontent, can't sleep. You're you're unstable in your mind. Unstable in your mind. Children's minds are all messed up. Husbands' minds, wives' minds. You're driving each other crazy. You, you got kinfolk. When you see them coming, they bad news because their mind's messed up. Oh, God, keep my mind. If I lose a finger, I don't want to lose nothing, Lord, but I'd rather lose a finger than to lose my mind. Prayer also enlightens. Prayer enlightens. You would say, what does it mean, enlightens? Yeah, it, it, it enlightens your mind. Enlightens means to illuminate your mind. Enlighten. Prayer instructs your mind. Enlightens means to instruct. Enlightens means to give insight, spiritual insight, illuminate your mind. It enlightens. Enlightens means it gives the, the ability to comprehend God's word, to comprehend God's word. Uh, it, that's what enlightenment does. Prayer changes our behavior. You know, you're not deceptive. You're not cunning and crafty and sneaky. Prayer takes all of that away. What you see is what you get. Folk can trust you because they know you're the real deal. You see, so it changes our behavior. Somebody say they're saved, but they're practicing sin. I say they're lying. They're not saved because you don't live comfortably, habitually sinning without any sense of conviction. Prayer releases anxiety. It removes worry. It removes fear. When you're praying, you calm down. It enables you to behave righteously. You just don't run off at the mouth. You think before you speak. You're more quiet than than talkative. You talk yourself into trouble. You know, it enables you to behave righteously. Prayer reveals the truth about ourselves. God will convict you. I fall on conviction in my prayer life. And then I start praying about that issue, naming it. Prayer prepares us for spiritual warfare. Right now we're engaging in spiritual warfare. That's why in Ephesians 6 it says, put on the whole armor of God. And it talks about that. And it gives you what the whole armor is in Ephesians 6. We are in spiritual warfare. And yet so many don't realize that the war is on. You know what prayer does, finally, uh, with this business? Uh, Prayer revives us. Prayer brings revival, revival, which is to spiritually awaken. The saints need revival. Many churches need revival. Many pastors need revival. Many saints need revival. This is no time to be relaxing and just having your head in the sand. Prayer brings revival, a spiritual awakening. 
Revival is to quicken. Revival is to make alive. Some folk have grown spiritually so-so, you know, duh. Revival restores, spiritually restores you back to God, reconciles you to God. Revival spiritually renews your life, your heart, your spirituality. Revival rejuvenates, spiritually rejuvenates. Revival invigorates. Revival, it enlivens. You know what revival does? It ignites fire and passion. It ignites fire and passion in believers who are dry, dull, and lukewarm. And you know what? In the midst of this pandemic, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked because this pandemic is bringing the best out of people and the worst out of people. And so many saints around America have grown dry. They're not fresh. They're stale. They've grown dull. And they're lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. And they've allowed themselves to get that way because they're into everything but God's word and prayer and spiritual things. And they've grown lukewarm to the point that God is ready to spit them out. In this virus, this is no time to be dry. We need to be on fire for God. We need to have zeal for God. We need to have passion for God. We need to have a Holy Ghost fire from heaven for God right now. We ought to be telling folk about Jesus. We ought to be taking a stand for Jesus. We ought to be advancing the Great Commission. We ought to be excited about God. These are exciting times to let our light so shine that men and women, boys and girls, will see our good works and glorify God in heaven. Why don't you say amen? In closing, we often focus on the negatives in the crisis. That's all the news is going to show you. It's just going to show you the negative. It's not going to show you the advantages. It's going to show you the negatives. And we'll deal more with that the next time. In closing, we often focus on the negative in crisis, but I just share with you some spiritual advantages that God wants to awaken us to during this global pandemic to see the advantages, the benefits. Prayer and the word of God are invaluable tools that God provides to help us live the victorious Christian life in the best of times and the worst of times. Therefore, be thankful. You say, what? In the midst of all this, folk dying, folk sick, in the midst of wearing masks, in the midst of this, of stats and all of these things and job losses and just on and on it goes. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, that is a spiritual command. You need to write it down. It says in everything, give thanks. In this pandemic, yes, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the will of God that we give thanks now. You don't wait till, well, I'm going to wait till they get a vaccine, then I'm going to give thanks. Oh, what you talking about? You ought to be giving thanks right now because God is moving right now. God is keeping us right now. God is 
delivering us right now. God is protecting us right now. God is our refuge right now. God is our benefactor. God is, he, he holds us in the palm of his hands right now. God is supplying all of our needs according to his riches and glory right now. He's keeping my children right now. He's keeping my grandchildren right now. He's keeping me right now. I'm, in, I'm not in the hospital right now. I can preach right now. I can thank God right now. I can move my fingers right now. I can move my legs right now. I can shout right now. In everything, give thanks because this is the will of God for you, 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 and you, and all. All God's children said, amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. (laughs) Praise God in everything. Find a way to give thanks. You give thanks because God is on the throne. (laughs) And Father, we thank you for this message on prayer. And I still didn't get through with prayer. Even on Wednesday, we're going to be praying as a church family in our homes. We need not be omitting prayer. It's to our own detriment if we don't. Father, spiritually awaken those who need revival. Those who've gotten comfortable. Those who've gotten confused in their thinking. Lift depression from those who are depressed. Lift confusion from those who are confused. Lift suicide tendencies from those who are thinking of such. Lift worry from the saints, fear from the saints, complaining from the saints. Help us to be like David and say, search me. Blot out all my iniquities my bad thinking, my unforgiveness, my critical spirit. Put a right spirit in me. Renew me. Deliver us from lukewarmness, dullness, apathy. Put us on Holy Ghost fire. You need some saints that are fired up. You're not waiting on the government. Too much dependence on the government. You waiting on the church. You're not even waiting on Black Lives Matter. You waiting on the church. We're not waiting on a political movement. We're waiting on a move of God and your kingdom in this world. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You gave us a great commission. May we not exalt movements, but the kingdom of God. The church has a mission and a great commission. And may we pursue it without being distracted by the temporary passing mundane things of this world system. In Jesus name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. These are hard messages, but they're the truth. 
and only the truth will set people free. I love you that much. I'm going to stand until I can't stand anymore because God has deposited too much in me to be quiet for such a time as this. And he's deposited too much in you for you to go on worldly tangents and rabbit trails and not keeping the main thing the main thing. It's about God and advancing Christ's kingdom agenda on earth. You're here today without Jesus. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's a terrible thing to die without the Lord. Hell is that bad. It's indescribably bad. And we plead with you to come to Jesus now. Trust him. Believe him as your one and only savior. Believe in his virgin birth. Believe in his death, his burial, his resurrection. It's coming back again. Settle up with God. Repent. Turn to Jesus. He's our only hope. If you're here now or if you're looking by live stream, you can contact us via website on the live stream. But if you're here today and you don't have a church home and you're looking for one that preached the truth, we welcome you. If you're lost and don't know the way and you're not so sure if you died right now, you go to heaven, you come now. You don't know where death is. You're not too young or too old to die. You come now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. God is calling you. Let us commit ourselves foremost to all aspects of the anatomy of the Lord's church. As we grow step by step in the word of God, steadfastly apply his commandments to our lives and obediently walk by faith and not by sight until the day of his appearing. We will experience the blessings of God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.